We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I remember having a discussion with a guest. I, it, it was it was either last week or the week before. And, I, it, you know, I understand when you talk to a young person, they don't know if it's Tuesday or July. Most of them are living in theory. They just graduated college and the, the rest of it. But history proves one thing for certain. There's not even a question about it. Socialism leads to fascism, to tyranny, to hopelessness. That's it. There's no getting off the expressway. It's a one-lane, 130-mile-an-hour autobahn, and it takes you to despotism. End of story. So when this trust fund slob of a man, Porky Pritzker, who's never done a thing in his entire life, and if his mother didn't know who to give a lap dance to, you wouldn't know this kid's name. That's just the fact. When he comes out and tells you that your child will wear a mask, regardless of if you send it to a private school or not, don't be surprised. This is where it leads. And the next step is going to be what most of us parents who have kids in colleges, that the colleges that are run by the same type of pseudo fascist slobs are going to tell your child that if they want to go to school and experience the college experience, they'll put in a vaccine that has been untested, that is unproven, that is riddled in scandal and failure by their own admission into their body. And we're all going to have to deal with all the things we're already dealing with, right? The kids cry. I want to go to school. And what do you do? What do you do? Do you bend under the pressure? Do you go black market? Get the fake vaccine card? You've got all different kinds of choices. Or does your child suffer? You might as well make them suffer. Because under communism, under Marxism, under fascism, they will suffer. So you can use this as a learning experience. But whatever you do, point out the difference. So before I aggravate you and play this porky, worthless piece of garbage, before I do that, I'm going to tell you how a governor who understands American principles acts in the face of fascism from Washington and from citizens and little demigods pretending to be Democrats. Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. Now, that's the difference between a president who understands what's going on and understands, moreover, American principles of freedom and liberty and individuality. One who is bought and sold, ironically, a billionaire who is still loyal and owned by unions, namely the teachers unions. That's what this is about. Because, as I've said before, the the CPS teacher with their 600 pounds stuffed into yoga pants and their Lexus in the parking lot. That's who wants your kid in a mask. That's who wants. So Pritzker will step and fetch. Not to mention he likes flexing his authority over everybody, including those kids and parents who decided, you know what? Your public school system sucks. So I'm going to go to the expense 
I'm going to nearly bankrupt myself or get other jobs to send my kid to a private school in hopes they're not infiltrated by this kind of fascism, Marxism and socialism. You're teaching the whole time your great grandfather, your grandfather, Abe, skirted every tax he could. Since we reached our lowest case numbers earlier this summer, we've seen COVID-19 cases soar by a factor of nearly 10. You could, hear it, you could just hear it. Hospitalizations and ICU rates have doubled in a month. And since the middle of July, the number of COVID patients requiring a ventilator has multiplied nearly two. Yeah, get to the fascism. This isn't just happening to young people. To everyone listening, I wish we could have avoided... Uh, having COVID interfere with our summer. But the virus and its effects are increasing once again. And the largest group affected who are being hit especially hard are those that are unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. As your governor, it's my duty to say that we all must take immediate and urgent action to slow the spread of the Delta variant. People are dying who don't have to die. It's heartbreaking, and it impacts us all. Given our current trajectory, we there are so many misnomers and frauds and that false virtue where he's looking out for you because the data is very similar to what we know in Massachusetts County. The data is vaccinated and unvaccinated. That's not going to stop him from forcing the vaccine, as you know. The data also proves when you compare us to Nations, countries like Sweden that did not implement this mask mandate. The mask is an act of futility. It's a feel good safety net for people who don't understand the virus can go through your eyes. It can go through everything else. And by the way, it's 3000 times smaller than this. This is teaching your child and you who the boss is. That's all this is. So what's the answer? To me, the answer is very simple. To me, the answer is to pull your kid out of the school. Because that's how they get this 18,000, 16,000 a year so that these teachers can pretend to be teaching your children facts and arithmetic and real history. This is what you're paying them a very comfortable living and a very comfortable retirement package so that they can really show who the boss is. And it's not you. If you haven't noticed, if you don't have kids in school, from the day you drop them off, the teacher is telling your kids not to listen to their parents. They're telling him your parents have antiquated ideas of history, of reality, of facts. This we've known before COVID. COVID is their greatest weapon. Now it gives them every excuse to shift that puppy into fifth gear. Now we're going to go hardcore. And in case you weren't convinced that in Illinois, you're not a citizen. You're a servant. You're the servant. Your income, your taxation is all used to pay them and pay their retirement, which isn't based on investments. It's based on an employment agreement of loyalty. So this this bureaucracy, this fascism is going to stay in place in welfare states where the citizens like being slaves. The people who like being slaves and who don't like the idea you have freedom, they're loving this. There's more of them in Illinois than there are of you. That's just the fact. So if you can't move and you have to stay, it's simple. Homeschool your kid. You'll be better off and your kid will not learn how to be an obedient slave from the time he's in kindergarten. The most nauseating thing is he circumvents the fact that private schools and religious schools, you have to bend knee now because this order, this decree, it covers all of it. It is astonishing to me. Montessori schools, all the rest. The only ones it doesn't cover is homeschools. So if you want your kid to be free and understand what freedom is and to be a kid rather than a servant, you'll homeschool that kid. Given the CDC's strong recommendation, I had hoped that a state mask requirement in schools wouldn't be necessary, but it is. The Delta variant is highly transmissible, more so than any other previous forms of this virus. Because of the lower rates of vaccination among teens aged 20 to 7, sorry, 12 to 17, because the vaccine has not yet been approved for children under 12, because the vaccine, God uh, forbid if it is, there are many people who are reluctant across some of the districts to adopt the CDC's guidance, effective immediately, all P-12 schools and daycares in Illinois must follow the CDC guidance of universal masking inside. Now, the same CDC also extended a foreclosure moratorium. Huh. 
the Center for Disease Control. They're in the foreclosure business, too. You think that this is a bureaucracy based in science? This is a bureaucracy based in fascism. This is the real face of the National Socialist Party. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to do anything? You're going to complain about it? Because this is more than complaining. They exist on your child, on the number of your child registering. Don't register. Pull them out now. Get your friends together. Put 10 of them in a room. Let one mother, one father teach them. This is how you get the country back. It isn't going to be by pretending that this mask mandate does anything except teach your kid how to be a slave from a very early on age where he's looking to this slob of a man to let him know if he can be free. This is not America. This is not even close to what America is supposed to be. Sweden's more like America. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. <laughs> I saw my uh, my sister-in-law on the board. She hung up. She got nervous. Her question was, how do you uh, start homeschooling? The resources are at your fingertips. They're on your smartphone. Homeschool.com is a great resource. But the, the reality is, this is the easiest time to homeschool your kids. In fact, there's no excuse not to. None. Zero. You can do in three hours what these sloths who have pretended to teach your kids have been stretching out for six and seven. Because all they understand very simply, they're daycare workers. They get that. That's why all of the programs from the Marxist mafia we call Democrats is about extending it so you could drop your kid off there when they're one and pick them up when they're 18, where they're completely indoctrinated and taught how to be slaves. It's never been easier to homeschool your child, especially we all know how many parents think the way we do. We understand the majority in this country are not communists. They're not Marxists. And they recognize trust fund fascist slobs like Pritzker with his face on his chest and necklace, son of a dog. Going to listen to this pig? I'm not. Certainly not. Is it vulgar? Is it disrespectful? I hope so. It's the idea that this idiot who's done nothing, who would be nothing if it wasn't for good old Swindler Abe, thinks he can tell our kids and me that I have to put a slave plate on my face and teach my kid how to be a servant to you? Not in my world, brother. I don't care what year it is. I don't care how fascistic you think you are. Sickening to me. Robert Schomburg. Hey, how you doing today, Sean? Oh, I'm especially irritated today. How are you? I, I'm sorry to hear you're sad today. Me too. I was just wondering, how many of these illegal children or anybody have they put in our state I mean, they came across the border sick. They First all, of all, they it, it's the, the other thing to remember, Robert, is this is their greatest weapon. This gives them the veil of virtue yeah, to where I they know. are very comfortable taking away your Americanism, taking away your business, taking away your parental rights. This is so the butter-handed slobs who don't want to leave their own lives are so miserable and they're such losers. They get to feel like right now they're in charge and they have influence. They are going to always be what they are today. Useless, fascistic, failures and frauds. Walking around waiting for the day to end. Thank you very much. Sherry and Darian. Hey, Sean. How are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. Listen, you know how, um, you know how like you're saying homeschooling, that's great. I think that that's, you're on the right track. But there's something else that's never out there on conservative radio or anywhere. And it's interviewing or having me, someone like me on the phone to tell you that people like myself and a lot of other people, I'm not talking about only a dozen, we have never gotten sick from day one. 10% okay? of the country, never. by the CDC numbers, 10% of the country experienced COVID. They anticipate another 20 million went unreported. I had COVID. I'm here to tell you it's okay, real. But listen, this is what I'm trying to tell you. And this is why nobody, we don't have a platform. And I'm hoping that I break through to some of your listeners. I have followed along with a lot of other people. It's just not me. I'm speaking for them. The elixirs that the other doctors have recommended. Preventative, uh, yeah, whole, which you never hear on the news. Preventative. Yeah. Never. We never got No, sick. because listen, never. there's no there, well, there's no money in that, number one. Number two, there's no real data. They haven't studied it because they chose to ignore if it no, works. No, no, You're talking about, talk 
about hydroxychloroquine. Let's talk about these people. Let's talk about the regular people to take a stand and start getting their own help and making their own decisions for their independence. That's what I'm talking well, about. I, I, listen, so you could you, you could do all of that, but you but you have to listen. This virus is real. Everybody in this office had it. Everybody had it in this office. There was an outbreak. There was an and I had it. And here's the deal. It wasn't what they said it was. It took me. But but that doesn't matter. You're arguing what? That it that it doesn't exist. What are you arguing? arguing that there's other doctors out there and elixirs and people that are helping other people with preventatives that nobody ever hears about. So me and a lot of other people chose to do the preventatives and we have not caught it yet. No, well, that's wonderful. And that's wonderful. I'm not suggesting that they don't work. Luck. And it goes along with prayer too I well, mean, here, well i don't know about that sherry you'll have to i mean you lost me on the prayer but it, does uh, does hydroxychloroquine work of course it does i mean is it is it a hundred nothing's a hundred proof you're a human being you're finite you're gonna die we're all gonna die the question is in a in a disease that has a survival rate of 99.5 does the government have the right to take away your freedom and the answer is unequivocally no do the cowards out there who are afraid to walk around without their mask, you stay home, you put your mask on. Do you have the right to make me put it on? The answer again, no. Does the government or your workplace have the right to make you ingest and put into your body an experimental chemical that they're calling a vaccine? The answer is no. They don't. But the, here's the problem. The soft-handed loser who thinks he knows right from wrong, who's so trapped in his own failure and misery, now gets to act like a man when his whole life he, av- he avoided it. And I mean like Pritzker and the ilk. We all know these guys. The guys who complain about their life, they're so miserable, yet they do nothing to improve it. Kind of guys who wait around for retirement. Kind of guys who work for governments. Kind of losers who for once get to feel like a man when they've never been one. That's what you're experiencing right now. The question is, do you have the right to resist? And I say you have the duty to resist. It's when you don't resist, you have a problem. Mike in the South Side. Hey, God bless you, Sean. I just uh, I just wanted to touch on something about democracy and everything real quick, and it's going to take a minute to develop. But this guy, Alexander Tiddler from uh, the 1700s, European for uh, Great Britain, he said, a democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. A democracy will continue yeah. to exist up until the point voters discover, discover they can vote themselves generous you, gifts from the public treasury. Yeah, but you, we, we don't have, we, that's why we don't have a democracy, though, brother. That's why we're not supposed to be well, a democracy. But when you live in these fascistic welfare states littered with Marxist Democrat scum, they will vote your rights away. That's the fact. That's why Illinois is very comfortable with this slob trust fund, baby. They're very comfortable with this because he makes all of the people who are good for nothing feel good. He makes them all feel good. Sure. That's why foreclosure moratoriums. Why would the CDC be involved in foreclosures? Because they want the welfare recipient. Ridiculous. So well, you're right, but that's why, Mike, remind your kids, this is not a democracy. This is a republic. They have rights. That's why I played DeSantis. DeSantis is saying, if you're a fascist pig stuck in an office job and you don't like it, you don't get to take away the rights of somebody else. And that applies all the way to Pritzker. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the call. Sherman in South Elgin. Hi, Sherman. Sherman, are yep, you there? This is Cynthia. Well, um, this is Cynthia. Sorry, Cynthia. You're under Sherman, so let's talk like a man for a while. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> me? Okay, I'll talk like a man. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell your sister-in-law to give me a call. All right. So absolutely, you are 100% correct. Homeschooling is the way to do it. And what you do is you go to your school board meeting and you tell them to stick it up their behinds. You as families in your community are going to you know, co-op together and figure this thing out and take control of your, your kids' education. The quicker you can get your kids out of these schools, the better. That's wonderful. Cynthia, thank you so much for making the call and thank you for doing what you do. And this is what we have to do. Listen, you cannot get along with the Marxist fascist. He is secure in his failure. He could be a loser in his life with a debit checking account, yet he knows what's best for you. 312-642-5600. So I'm here.
here to tell you something. I don't associate with Democrats. I just don't. I mean, I've I've known some decent ones prior to the last 20 years. But in the last 20 years, they've revealed themselves to be what they are. And they're fascists to me. So I don't. I stay away from them because I've learned a long time ago. They have contempt for you. And I'm talking about these kids. These kids who've done nothing in their life. They have absolute contempt for you. You are everything wrong with the world. That's how they view non-Marxists. Right? If you don't agree with their grand vision of socialism, of a superior collective running things, they, they readily admit it. You think this happened because Hillary Clinton called you deplorable? This is how it's been for 100 years. They look down on you. So to seek their approval or their acceptance or to convince them of that, that they're wrong and they have been for 100 years is an act of futility. You're wasting your time. I'm going to read you something. By 2005 or so, it will become clear that the Internet impact on the economy has been no greater than the fax machines. Do you know who said that? Nobel Prize winning economist for the left, Paul Krugman, this stupid son of a dog that he is. This is what he said. He, yet his economics is what the entire Marxist mafia base everything on economically in their plans. This is the kind of thinkers that they actually have. So when they make fun of you because you don't want to put your mask on, then the reality of, hey, stupid, you've been wearing your mask, yet what good has it done? They have to point to the idea that it did good. And when you point to countries like Sweden, it's irrelevant. The facts are irrelevant because it's within that warmth that they are right, that they can they can keep themselves from the reality of their own life. The vast majority of Democrats, the vast are stone-cold losers looking for handouts. That's why it's so important to have a moratorium on foreclosures and a $2,000 a month stipend and a living wage and a minimum wage and unions and health care because they can't provide it for themselves. So they have to look in that mirror every day and know they're less than the guy who came to this country and couldn't speak a word of English 10 years ago and now has seven trucks and 50 people that work for him. They're less than him. And they say to themselves, I've been born here. Why am I stuck in this job that I hate, surrounded by people I loathe? So the only way they can not not stick their head in an oven is to pretend that they're intellectuals. They're not intellectuals. They're demigod fascists looking for an opportunity. And the fact that they get to use this virus that has a survival rate of 99.5% just shows you what you're dealing with. So don't look for their approval and don't let your kids collaborate with them because they are sneaky and they will pretend to care about people when they're hoping, hoping that you either join them or go away. So do them all a favor and go away. It's time we come together. Do you imagine what would happen in 20 years if we took our kids out of this corrupted system that they call education, this indoctrination camp that we pretend is a school? That's the only answer. That's the only way you're going to get anything done. Joe and Dundee. Hey, John. Yeah. Well, I got a little reverse case scenario for you. Uh, I went to Catholic school for four years, and my older brothers and sisters went to Catholic school for eight years, and I had my son in Catholic school, and he happened to go to school one day with the Greek alpha, uh, alphabet around a stocking cap. And these kids, uh, I mean, they tortured him. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. And that's knocked the other the thing. And, Joe, books, you know what? You remind me. the books out of his hands and screamed in his ear and slammed his locker. And, and that, it, look, look, Joe, I that's told, a very go, good point. You, you I appreciate the point. It's a very good point. And the reality is that's the other thing you avoid. You avoid sending your kid to the Lord of the Flies. Think about the idea that the first time he faces other students, he'll be a man or she'll be a a woman at 18 years old. She'll have the confidence in what you've instilled in that child. Rather than the intimidation of the biggest bully with the biggest chip on their shoulder, intimidating them for the eight years when you pretend they're in school and the four after that. Don in Bloomingdale. We got to take back our school, Sean. You know, I was just in Walmart 
And uh, the epitome of stupidity, I see a woman on the short side of 400 pounds riding the electric cart through the store with a mask on. I'm thinking, sweetie, you got bigger problems. But I want I want a piece of paper that says I'm vaccinated because I had coronavirus. I have the antibodies. I'm more vaccinated than a vaccinated person. What do I get? I, I'm tired of being. And notice how notice how very few politicians, very few politicians will at least defend that position. And when they do. When they do defend that position, what happens to that politician? They're called... They're vilified. They're vilified, absolutely. They're anti-science, they're anti-vax, they're anti-this, they're anti-that. When the reality is what they're afraid is that the vast majority of people who are living in states with these porky tyrants like Pritzker will say to themselves, you don't have the right to do this to me. They want to keep you always moving, always distracting from the failures that they have had the entire time of the shutdown. Everything they predicted was wrong. Everything. It's very similar to almost everything they do, from economics to global warming to social unrest. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call, Don. And to prove my point, here is one of the most impressive senators. I was hard on him after that Foxconn thing. But I'll tell you what, Ron Johnson has impressed me. Chairman, I just have to push back when we hear accusations from the other side that Republicans have politicized covid I mean, go go back to March, April, May, June of 2020. Who was politicizing COVID? It's the current president and vice president in their campaign that expressed skepticism over a Trump vaccine. So I can't stand by and let the other side accuse Republicans of politicizing COVID. It's been your side that has done that. And you did it, and you won a campaign. You won the presidency. Congratulations. Now... My point with the agencies is they have not been forthright. Now, I, I listened to uh, Jen Psaki yesterday. Well, it's all based on data. Okay, show us the data. Be transparent. They can't. They're lying about the data, just like they always do to build up their, their strength over your freedom. This is not hard. It's very simple what they're doing. They're using COVID as an excuse. They use the false science of global warming as an excuse. They use their phony economic Keynesian scheme as an excuse. And in which case, in every case, what are they? What is the excuse for? To take away your freedom, liberty. They're dying to crush it. They have this tiger by the tail, COVID. They're not going to let it go. This is just more to come. And believe me, it's going to come fast. Rhonda on the west side. Love the name. Hi, Rhonda. Are you there? Hello? Hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, I was just calling in to, you know, yeah, you're right on everything you've been saying. <laughs> How come you don't have a, a live uh, television show so more people can uh, me? listen to you? Oh, you could see me yeah. on YouTube, although I didn't wear a good shirt today. But you could check me out on YouTube and then do me a favor. Call up Fox and tell Hannity I'm coming after that show, too. Thank you very much for the call, Rhonda. I appreciate it. I was going long. 312-642-5600. Wake me up Oh, better time. Better time. My hair was thicker and I was worried about losing my girlfriend to him. That's how naive I was back then. <laughs> what a great time. Reagan, I think Reagan was the president, wasn't it, when Wham came out? It's got to be 84, yeah, 1984. Just got my driver's license. You weren't even a twinkle in the old man's eye back then. Not me, Johnny Rocket. Having a time of my life. Phil South Island. Hey, it's a Shalomator. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. No. I appreciate yeah, it. This, this JB is a jowled, bloviating trickster. The idea, the idea that somebody could get up there and, and say on a, a, like, like Mussolini, like Hitler, like Stalin, that's it. And, and this is Everybody America, will do this. I mean, the, 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 the theory is shocking. Oh. Yeah, these arguments going on in families. I have a sister-in-law who says, you have to listen to the experts. I said, I'll listen to them, and then I'll make my decision. She goes, oh, no, you have to obey them. You have to change your moral, ethical, Judeo-Christian values, and you have to listen to us. Now, did you say sister or sister-in-law? Sister-in-law. Oh, that's easy. retired school teacher. That's easy, brother. $1,000 retirement, wearing her yoga pants. Yeah. 
the yoga yeah, pant mafia. Uh, you call up your. Bro- Here's what you do. I'm going to help you because this is easy peasy. This, this this could have been tricky. This would have been your actual sister. That would have been tricky. You call up your brother and you say, "Listen, brother, I feel terrible for what you must have been going through, and I'm sure it's rough right now. But I cannot watch." This happened to you, and I certainly don't give a rip what your union hack wife says to me. He'll respect you. Give him about four months, brother Phil, four months, and he'll come back and say, I'm filing for divorce. Can I live with you? And you say yes. So what? We can't talk to you anymore. Tell her thank you. You know what, Phil? You're never going to have to worry about listening to that stuff. You should say I'm moving out of Illinois so I don't have to pay you anymore. Thank you, Phil. It's always an upside. See, you got to focus on the upside. And, uh... I want to take the lines. I don't want to make people wait. Deborah Barrington, very proud of you. Hey, this is Deborah in Barrington. I just want to say 31 years ago when we had our first kid and I started looking at what was going on in the school systems, it was changing back then. And I told my husband, we have no choice but to homeschool. He said, I, you're crazy. I said, nope, nobody's taking these kids and doing stuff God, in their minds. I love that. I to love them. That. So I want to just say so anyone... Now- Tell me what happened to your kids. Can do this. Tell me what happened what to happened your kids. What happened to them? Yeah, what they end up being. Oh my. They're all conservative. One's uh, decided just this year he's going to quit college because he's like, I'm not getting the jab and I'm just going to start something. He doesn't know yet. The okay. other one, the first one's a real estate attorney. One is a public school teacher. They're all in Illinois. Um, she does not is not part of the union. And oh, she fights tooth and nail. And she's a great teacher. She's conservative. So basically, um, and, the, the uh, common she, denominator all your kids have are principals, although I got my eye oh on your attorney. Yeah, and one's in logistics in, in South Holland. So oh. if a parent, just, I just want to say one thing, don't bring school home. The first year, you keep them home, don't do school. Read to them, have fun, get your relationships back in order, and you can do this. Anyone can do it. I did it. You know, Deborah, I'm thinking I'm, it was I'm a, a sacrifice. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking about the experience I had. I have older kids. My, tw- you know, I got twenty and an eighteen, and I'm thinking about the the disagreements I had with them and the arguments I had with them. And I'm I'm realizing the vast majority, if not all, were created because they got home from school and they were told something and challenged the position I had or said, "You're crazy, Dad. It doesn't work like that." And I'm thinking about how much better everything would have been had I kept them from harm's way. And I believe harm's way is colluding with the fascists, the Marxists, the socialists, and the Chicago, Illinois Democrats. If I would have kept my kids away from Democrats, they'd be better off and I'd be better off. Deborah, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. And here's the other thing. The whole time the Democrats look at your kids, you know what they're thinking? Put a mask on that kid. Put a mask on that kid. Teach that kid how to obey the science. And that's the same science that says we have to extend foreclosure moratoriums. Hmm. Why would that be? That's awful peculiar. Teresa, Northside. Hi, Sean. Uh, you mentioned the evictions. Uh, you know, I feel for the landlords. They have property taxes. They They're have the bourgeoisie. Let's use it the right politicians, word. They keep extending this moratorium. The landlords are... They'll end up homeless. That's okay. They have to pay their bills, too. No, they're the bourgeoisie. The proletariat is the one who gets the favoritism from the communist. The bourgeoisie, Mm. he's the landlord. That's literally what it means. He's the landlord. So screw him. What's the worst that happens? It's ridiculous. And this is what's coming because they're showing themselves for what they are. Soviets. Take a look at the 1936 Soviet Constitution. Take a look at it. Then look at what you're living through right now. Why do you think the people who call the show with the Eastern European accent have an appreciation for it? Because they escaped it. Question is, where are we going to escape it? Where I look at it, I'm very happy to be going home to Florida very soon. I want you all to come and join me. I don't want to put up with this much longer. I'll be back after this. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. 
He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. You know, I used to take uh, pride in America because it was the country that was not built on collectivism. It's a country built on individuality, on the private citizen's rights over his person, over his life. When I was a kid, I remember the 1976 Olympics. Remember that? Bruce Jenner. Catalan. I remember people just watching it, proud of America, proud of the idea that in America, it was the only place where the citizen didn't have an obligation to the government. Government had restraint on what it could do over the citizen. This is all flip-flopped. I don't watch sports, and you know I don't watch sports. I've said it numerous times to me to watch grown men in costumes. You pretend is from the home team is stupid. But the Olympics was a little bit different up until a few years ago. And what it was back then was it was uh, kind of about the pride in the idea that your country had athletes that were proud to be from that country. We've seen that completely turn, completely devolve. So I have to tell you, when the the female soccer team lost, I was... I could. I was indifferent, but almost a little happy. Arrogant morons were willing to give away their 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 pride in their nation. Something happened yesterday that I. Well, it was the other day. Actually, it was Sunday. Well, the guest is online. All right, we'll get back to this because I want to talk to the guest, and then we'll talk about pride in America. Because when you talk to a teacher of the year from California, and his name is not Trotsky, and it's not Lenin, and he's teaching. High school civics in California. He wins Teacher of the Year. His name is Jeremy Adams, and he's the author of a new book, Hollowed Out, a warning about America's next generations. I have to have him on the show. Jeremy, how are you? Sean, what an honor to be with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, it intrigues me because civics in America has uh, been something I've been very proud of. I had a a relative who was a civics teacher, and uh, I was given his books and very impressed with it. And um, in America, civics was about learning about what your government could not do to you. Universally, civics is about the citizen's obligation to the government and to the to society. When did that flip and can we reverse it is my question to you. That's a great observation. You know, one of the things that surprises my students the most is when you actually take a deep dive into the Bill of Rights, the sweetest words. The sweetest words in the Constitution, Sean, is the First Amendment, where it starts with, Congress shall make no law. In other words, the Bill of Rights is a restriction of what government can do. And when young people start to see that, they start to understand that the purpose of government is not just to give a bunch of entitlements about social services, about free this or free that. The purpose of government is to protect your individual liberty, and only a limited government can do that. Um, Now, I'm not a historian. I can't tell you exactly when it changed. But the reason I wrote Hollowed Out is because what I noticed in the last five to 10 years, Sean, was something profoundly upsetting and and something that, you know, usually when you write a really ambitious book out there, you know, it's written by a giant of the culture, you know, a president, a pundit, uh, somebody who's famous, a celebrity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Except I'm a high school teacher, and I'm here to tell you that I see, I have a front row seat to American decline like nobody else. And young Americans, the way that they look at their country, you've noticed it. I can tell that you've noticed it, that there has been a shift, a pivot in the last five to 10 years. Um, This is the least patriotic generation in American history. Uh, you have higher rates of approval of socialism than capitalism for 18 to 29-year-olds. One out of five millennials. See, the American flag is a symbol of hate. Um, and, and so you're right. There has been a shift. And, again, that's why I wrote Hollowed Out, to explain why this is happening and what we can do about it. Jeremy, um, I have noticed that, in my opinion, the natural state of, a, of, a, of human beings 
is to be free. I believe that that the mindset of a slave, of a servant, of a socialist has to be taught. I think that over the last 30 years, school has been on a quest to teach our children how to be loyal collectivists. And the nuanced degrees of collectivism is arguable. But what it, what it, when you see something so obvious as masks being mandated from governors, from politicians, regardless of the results, regardless of what we now know, this isn't a year and six months ago. This is a year later. We know the virus is 3,000 times smaller than the mask and stuff. Why are citizens allowing this to proceed I understand there's some outrage, but to me, everybody should be outraged that that a body, a school, a principal, a governor could put your children in a mask, in restraints and teach him how to give away that liberty that he was born with and only in this country. Yeah, I can hear your frustration. Uh, You're in Chicago, right? I'm talking to the wonderful people of Chicago. Yeah, the only difference between my governor and your governor is yours doesn't have to stand on a sprinkler to wash himself. Ours does. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm in, I'm in California, so I, the frustration that you have now, at least we have a recall power that I guess you don't have. No. Um, yeah, but, but I will tell you, you know, Sean, I agree with you that, that human beings are naturally free, but here's the next step. Yes, we all have a God-given right to freedom. Yes, I believe in inalienable rights and the Declaration of Independence and natural law. But what's not natural is imbuing young people with the wisdom and the morality and the character to know how to use that freedom well. And that, that to me, I mean, we can talk about masks all day, but to me, the, the, the larger crisis, what's hauling out young people, is that the values, the wisdom, the knowledge, the education, the traditions that traditionally are given to young people so that they know how to use their freedom correctly and well, that is simply not present in the lives of young people today. I mean, the reason I, I wrote Hollowed Out is because you know, I, I think there are a lot of really frustrated Americans out there who don't understand why young people don't know anything about religion, why they know nothing about it, why they know so little about American history, why they don't like the country, why they don't want to have families, why they, they don't have a lot of friends, why they are so lonely, why, why their mental health is, is, is in the trash. And, and Americans wonder why. And I would argue it's because, yes, we are naturally free, but the adults, Sean, the adults in our society have left the building. Our young people today and this is before the pandemic, before we masked up, before we separated, we're using their devices nine or 10 hours a day. And let me say that loud and clear for your listeners. Before the pandemic, young Americans were on their devices for nine or 10 hours a day. And what does that mean? That means they're not reading, they're not dating, they're not going to football games, they're not going to the movies, they're not socializing, they are not absorbing the experiences that traditionally lead to a a good and fruitful life. So, yeah, I believe people are naturally free, but we are not teaching them how to use that freedom productively. It's such such an evil, it's, it's quicksand. I call socialism a quicksand and collectivism in general. Because what happens is you inherently, instinctively realize the futility in it. And I think if you cannot look at a socialist society and not see a society that is demoralized and depressed, when you see the push in America, and especially among young people, to get young people to turn to various chemical um, benefits of of depression and behavioral control and, to a certain extent, therapy, how do you break that chain, Jeremy, when it's taken all this time to become normal now to have, I mean, I can't even imagine the percentage of kids that are on some kind well, of drug. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. I mean, it's, it's an amazing question. And let me just say uh, for the record, let, let me actually, let me defend my, 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 my students a little bit because um, <laughs> nobody dislikes socialism more than me. But you know, when I talk to my, cause I teach bright young people. I mean, they're, they're good people. They're kind people. They want to make a difference in the world. But, they, but when they think of socialism, they're not sitting there at night under the covers reading Das Kapital at 11 o'clock at night. You know, they, they're not thinking of Che Guevara. They're not thinking about Mao. They're not thinking ab- about Pol Pot. They're thinking about Bernie Sanders, and they're thinking about Finland. And they, they look at those societies, and they say, look, America does have a problem with income inequality. America does have a lack of social mobility. The country of Denmark has more social mobility than the United States of America, and the number one predictor of poverty in this country is if your parents were poor. And, they, and these are real problems. Now, socialism, of course, is not the solution, 
But I do understand why young people look at these problems and they say there's got to be a better way. Um, and, and, and to be honest, I think the solution is what we've got to do. And, Sean, I don't know if you have kids. I have two daughters. Two daughters. They've aged me. Yeah. Me too. Far more than COVID ever aged me. Um, and I had hair like Fabian. Now I've got a bald spot. Who are you talking to, brother? I got two daughters, too. It's been a, it's been a real ride. Go ahead. It, it, it has been a ride. And I've gotten to the point with my oldest child, who, by the way, is leaving for UC Berkeley in two weeks. You know, we've gotten to the point when we talk about politics that, that frankly, I, I just don't even really talk about it that much with her anymore because it was really kind of putting a dent into our relationship. I mean, and I know, I know there are a lot of, um, you know, parents out there trying to raise normal, well-adjusted kids who are just screaming at the top of their lungs. I just want a, I just want to raise a child with traditional values and a traditional trajectory for their lives. Why is my country? Why are the schools? Why is the culture making it so dang hard? I mean, that's why I wrote this book hollowed out is to help people do that. And I think the number one way to do it is, and this is what I keep trying to tell my students and, and my children when they listen to me is you can be patriotic without believing that your country is perfect. You can understand all the warts of our country and all the problems and all the, the, the episodes that are, are, are mired in slavery and segregation and racism. It's all there. And I think we should know it all, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you can't love your country. I mean, Sean, there's this huge gap I write about and hollowed out between older Americans. 94% of the silent generation takes pride in American history, whereas the younger generation, a lot of them are very lukewarm about their country. And the reason is because older Americans will look at all the, you know, the, the bad stuff, if you will, and they'll say, well, that's, yes, those things happen, and we will admit that. But what we take pride in is where we have come from that. The story of America is not our worst moment. It's not slavery. It's the Civil War and the 13th Amendment. It's not Jim Crow. It's, it's the Civil Rights era and the letter from a Birmingham jail and, and the 20, 24th Amendment. And Jeremy, isn't it to a certain extent the recognition of the Enlightenment? I mean, the reality yes. is we followed yes. France. Where, you know, you could say these philosophers really had an effect and understood what liberty meant. I, I have to tell you, Jeremy, I think kids are afraid of freedom. They're afraid and embarrassed by the audacity of individuality and liberty. And I think it is a direct result of schooling. I really do. I think they were taught to be ashamed of it. Sean, I'm going I'm I'm to disagree with you a little bit, brother, right. because right. I'll tell you right now, 90%, 90%, and, then, and the evidence is clear, 90% of a student's success has been determined before they step foot on my campus. A school cannot make up for a difficult home life. Oh, I agree. A school can, um, uh-huh. you know what I mean? A, a school, can, and I think as a society, we need to stop expecting teachers and schools to take the place of mom and dad and the church. And so and, that's and, interesting, and, and all, Jeremy. What if we're yeah. doing it all wrong? Do you ever think about that? You know, I, whenever I come to a conclusion, I'm, I'm, I'm really a, a, a business guy, right? I mean, that's how I look at things. I start a little business. And right. the last thing I think about before I pull the trigger is what if I'm wrong? And when you look at the reality of what we are, and where we are, and the fact that these kids who have, by all excuses, the best opportunity of anybody ever born yeah. ever in history. Yeah. Yet they have yeah. also among it, if you were to measure failure by personal perspective rather than the, the money that they may be born into, you could argue that they have among the worst results from where they start to where they live and where they finish. What if the idea of schooling were to be more involved in a home life, in a family setting, now that we have Zoom, right? We've got kids for a year on Zoom. What if there were a way to put the kids together who's, who, who, who maybe had something in common and break the classroom from the 30 kids, from the 20 kids, down to five kids, and have the parents of these kids, one or two, or they each take a day, whatever the case is, and kind of bring it more into that involvement of family members. It may actually be better for the parents as well as the kids. Oh, I, I, I in no way uh, am I suggesting that the current paradigm of education is even the ideal. But what I will tell you, though, is what you, you started with a really brilliant point there, Sean, which is that the young people sitting in our classrooms today, and I, 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 write, and I write this very vividly in the last chapter in the book that's called Hollowed Out Democracy. I think there, you could make a very strong case that the young people sitting in our classrooms today, no matter what their background is, are the luckiest freest, 
wealthiest, most opportunity-filled human beings in the history of the planet. They have science. They have technology. They have freedom. They have opportunity. They have a free education. There's a, a robust safety net. And, and yet what's interesting is that they, they, don't, they don't understand that they are living this really rare moment in history. That, and like you said, maybe this, this, isn't, this isn't the natural order. Uh, freedom is, is, is far less uh, common than uh, being a subject. Yeah. Poverty is far more common than, than, than prosperity. Uh, we, you know, it is the writ of a king, not our natural rights given to us by God that dictate how we live our lives most of the time in history. And so we have this amazing special moment in the history of our, of our world. And what bothers me, and, and again, I, I, I get emotional thinking about this, Sean, what bothers me so much is that so many people, so many men and women of substance and conviction who are bleeding heart American romantics have given their all to this country to create this space of freedom and opportunity. And young people, they don't even know who these people are or yeah. what their stories are. It's heartbreaking. And what, these, what people had to go through to create these institutions. You know, and the thing about America is, and Lincoln talks about this. Uh, in his uh, and his most underappreciated speech, his Lyceum address, Lincoln says every generation of America has to renew the values of the country. We can't get one generation off and renew the blessings of America. And that's why I'm passionate about this book. Jeremy, I am so looking forward to reading it. Of course, I would have been more excited if you sent me a signed one. However, <laughs> what I what I kind of want to ask you a little bit is because you and I have a lot in common. We are living in in states that are run by terrible policies and terrible ideas. What do you think the future for California is? Are enough people sick of what they've been living through? Because I'll be honest with you. It's my favorite state in the country. I was a kid. I wanted to move there in the worst way. I think it is magnificent. It's the most beautiful state. At one time, the third largest economy or fourth. And now you see for the first time in California's history an exodus, very similar to Illinois, the people who can do. And the people who are on the inside don't mind it because they've got all the benefits of a corrupt government anyway. Do you think that these states have a chance of changing when you look at the pulse of the kids you're dealing with? It takes a lot to stump me. And I, I, I would love to tell you, Sean, that, you know what? The kids are going to see a lot of government malfeasance. They're going to see a lot of dependency. Eventually, as Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is you run out of other people's money. All the people who are working hard or leaving the state, uh, you know, it, all, the, all the incentives to not work are put in place in this state. I mean, there's so many reasons why you think people will eventually wake up. But I got to tell you, I mean, I don't live in the beautiful part of California. I, you know, I'm not on a surfboard. I'm not on the beach right now. I'm in the middle of the central Valley. It's 106 outside and I'm, you know, inside all day. And, and so, you know, I kind of live in one of those small little conservative meccas in the state, but I honestly don't see much changing. Uh, now that being said, that being said, things can change in this state very quickly. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, it was run by Republicans. You know, yeah. you had, you know when I was a child, Ronald Reagan, sure. George Duke Majin, Pete Wilson, and then all of a sudden, Prop 187 came along, and I'm, I'm probably a bit more liberal uh, on, on this than you are. But Prop 87 came around and, and you know, turned a lot of Latinos and Latinas against the Republican Party in this state. And it's, it's been downhill ever since. Uh, I mean, we have 80 people in the assembly, uh, and I think something like 12 of them, I'm probably not right there, but something like 12 yeah. of them are Republicans. It's not just blue, brother. It's deep blue. So oh, I, know. I don't see a way out right now, to be honest. I'm not very helpful. Well, listen, Jeremy, here's the good news. You're on the phone with a guy who owns a real estate company in South Florida. And by the way, it's named Liberty. Go figure. I am going to read it. your book. If you decide to move, you call my real estate company. His name is Jeremy Adams. He is a teacher of the year in California and author of Hollowed Out, a warning about America's next generation. I am so glad you joined me. Thank you so much, brother. Sean, that was great fun. Thank you. Have a great day. Good luck to you. I appreciate it. I'll be back after this. like that song. Very good, very good, very good. All right, so um, I wanted to play the Olympian. A woman, African-American woman, won the gold in wrestling. First time ever. I've had CNN on here. What do they got on now? AOC back progressives and more propaganda. CNN, though, they're the ones that predicted Sweden would have, what, 200,000 dots and Sweden would go. The sicknesses would be terrible, yet 
Sweden has had very little impact as they took the freedom approach. In fact, it appears that they've had 14,651 deaths, lighter than Illinois, which is about roughly the same size as far as population. Hmm. They did better than us. They did nothing. No lockdown, no mask, nothing. Their economy is among the strongest. Yet Sweden is told by the lying scum calling themselves Democrats and Marxists that they are socialists, yet it ranks 10th out of 190 economies for freedom and easy to do business, according to the World Bank for 2020. Boy, oh boy, you almost have to love the way they lie. You know, when you think about what we're going through right now, I remember whenever there was a uptick in counts of people, it was Donald Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. The Dow Jones would go down. It's Trump's fault. That's would go up. Trump's fault. All that's happening now. How come it's not Biden's fault? Is it because he's wouldn't know if you criticize them due to the dementia? Or they don't want to upset him because his diaper's wet now and they'd have a real mess on their hands if he got upset. I'll tell you what, this to me is like an ad for the seven states Joe Biden is talking about. And worst of all, some state officials are passing laws or signing orders that forbid people from doing the right thing. As of now... See, that's not true. These states that he's talking about, like Florida, if you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask. If you want to enforce masks on your children, teach them how to be good little slaves, you're probably teaching them how to be socialists anyway. Go ahead. None of what we want to do is steeped in force, yet everything that the American Marxist fraud who calls himself a Democrat wants to do is riddled with force. It's actually top to bottom force. Everything that Joe Biden and the American Marxists want to do is force, 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 force. Now what they're going to do is justify it. They're going to justify it. Now this trick has worked. We've seen it work. We've seen it work to take down Trump. We've seen it work to uh, go after and indict his voters, as if they did something wrong with January 6th. We've seen this trick work. It is to be admired if it wasn't so offensive, if we didn't know the destination of it. But what Joe Biden is doing here to me is advertising states that are resisting his fascism. Seven states not only ban mask mandates, but also ban them in their school districts, even for young children who cannot get vaccinated. Some states have even banned businesses and universities from requiring workers and students to be masked or vaccinated. I have to say, the idea that a society is willing to do this to their kids is the same thought I had when I was young and hearing about the Iron Curtain, hearing about how Eastern Europeans took away the freedoms and the ability of their children to do things. I I used to think to myself, God, how could they just take it? I was lucky enough in my life to see the Soviet Union collapse. Nonetheless, it had generations that it oppressed, generations of slaves, generations of failure and bankruptcy and death and despair. I was so excited when I saw that wall come down. I actually thought for a moment It would never, ever live again in the world and that the world would be better, more peaceful. It would be richer, would have less tyrants. I I have to confess, I didn't think I would see the rise of it in this country. Did you? 312-642-5600. But then again, I didn't think I would see an athlete in this Olympics be proud to be from this country because I've been watching the media like the most of you. And I thought that everybody hated it. it, really did. So it was refreshing to me when I was able to watch someone who was proud of it. Well, we've got a refreshing celebration of America. An Olympic gold medalist proudly representing the red, white, and blue, draped in the flag while proclaiming how much she loves our country. Tamira Mintz-Stock says, quote, I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent USA. That's right. Founder Clay Travis is here to react. This is the first time in studio. Welcome. Uh, It's exciting to be in studio. I know you guys are excited (laughs) to feel a little bit more sense of normalcy. They're all very excited. You told me you hadn't shook hands in a while, so it's good to be back. I'm going to watch. <laughs> yeah, you, you and everybody else. So we want to get you. By the way, you know the embarrassing thing? I could only get this on Fox. Even the reporter who gave the question as if he wanted a response that he would normally get, how the athletes are ashamed to be from America, how they kneel, how we are a slave nation built on atrocities and 
inequality, how we are have been nothing more than racists and bigots. Reaction to this. It seems like she's become America's new sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, just a patriotic message about faith, family, God, and country. I think it speaks to how desperate people are to love Olympians, right? I mean, we're talking about the lowest rated, least watched Olympics that we've ever seen in our nation's history. And I think we're craving heroes as opposed to division. And what she said, I think, crystallized what the vast majority of Americans want to believe and want to see represented in the Olympic Games. Instead of worrying about who's protesting or who doesn't like America or who is upset at the world, we can finally just say, you know what? Everything is not perfect here, but we are, I really believe this, the best country in the history of the world. I don't think there's any question of that. And it's it's nice to recognize that there are some athletes, there are some people out there who understand those principles and have that certain pride in America, or at least the ideals of it. Because the reality is the atrocities that have been thrust upon these poor children that we've been talking about throughout the day have been lies, have been misnomers, have been the bastardization of history. So I found this to be very uh, exciting that we have an Olympic athlete who was proud and shrouded herself with the flag and took pride in America. It's exciting to some extent, to hear teachers write about civics and American principles. I really do think we have a chance. I don't think it's lost. Do you? 312-642-5600. Lines are open. What is your prediction for the future? How do you think the next generation, will it embrace socialism or will it reject it? 312-642-5600. You know, it's interesting. (laughs) I have a younger cousin, right? And she's similar to me um she's got two kids and they're little little she's she spent months months bringing them around sending them to school montessori private whatever the case is she's like i don't want this they're not going to be taught to be slaves they're not going to put masks on well she's just uh, she's got the news and she's like do you know any lawyers because the reality is this is what we're going to have to do you're going to have to get an attorney out there who understands what the constitution is understands who the restraints on restraints aren't on you it's that the principle of America isn't to restrain your freedom. It's to restrain the government abuse of it. So hopefully, hopefully, we just aren't filled with Democrat lawyers. Hopefully, we're just not filled with those scam artists with looking to hand bags of money around and settle cases they don't deserve slip and fall. You fall, they feel your pain. Hopefully, there's a couple of constitutional attorneys who understand in this country, law is my, is my shield. It is not Pritzker's weapon, because I think they should file suits tomorrow. Nicholas Streeterville. Hi, Nicholas. Hey, Sean. Great show. How are you? Good, brother. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, To your comment before the break, um, I do unfortunately think, and I don't mean it to sound doom and gloom, but I do unfortunately think that socialism is going to be more frequently carried out, only because... um, we don't have any opposition. It is so hard in the media to hear anything of other than what they are trying to push, what the government is trying to push, and you really have to dig hard for it. So, so Nicholas, I want to know what you hear when you hear DeSantis, because I, I have to tell you, I was proud as a peacock, really. And I heard him come out and say, I'm in your way. I'm standing in your way from your government abuse of my citizens in Florida. There are seven other states that are doing that. When you hear that, do you think that the people who live in Streeterville and are subjected to the mafia Marxist failures say to my, say to themselves, you know what, at least there's some place that's putting up a fight for our freedom? I feel like, well, I, I'm one of them, so that, that's got to count for something. But I don't feel like it's the majority, unfortunately. I yeah, but really you, here's I, the good news, Nicholas. I'm going to make you feel good. By the way, thank you for the call. I'm going to make you feel good. It's never the majority. It's never been the majority. This idea of freedom is the minority. There was only a third of Americans that wanted to fight the fat, trust fund, butter-handed king. That's it. There were a third. It's all, I, I always think it's that. I think we're down to about 20%. But when you hear Nicholas in Streeterville, when you see that we get calls from people of all races and all religions, and they still have that lust and that love for Americanism, I think it's inspiring to me. 
I think it's inspiring when I hear Ron DeSantis, when I see that there's seven other states out there. I think it's inspiring when you hear a teacher from California call you. He's a civics teacher. He's teaching his kids liberty and freedom. Now, are they buying it? That will be yet to be determined. But I want to read this to you before the show ends, because I think it's important. Ultimately, the people who live under this rule of the Marxist mafias and socialism, they're the ones that suffer. They're the ones that are hopeless. There is no future in socialism. It is futile to exist in it. All you can do is hope to work your way up through that corrupt government system or be part of the black market industries where you they're the only people that can be rich. Because they're not subjected to the onerous confiscatory taxation. They avoid all that by selling drugs, by being scumbags and gangsters. But the people who are trapped in these these Chicago ghettos, I think that there's getting to be more and more and more of them that are a little disgusted by this. I want to read you this. Meet the Chicago man who's been charged with illegal gun possession four times in the last 13 months. His name is Shemare Barber been charged with illegal possession five times in the last 14 months. It all started on June 27th of last year. Prosecutors charged him with illegally carrying a gun in West Inglewood. He posted $200 deposit and was out that day. On August 13th, prosecutors charged him with carrying another gun illegally in West Inglewood. He posted $3,000 deposit. The judge told him to stay in the house from 7 to 7. See, ultimately, the people who are going to get shot by this piece of garbage, the gang that this lowlife and other lowlifes like him inhabit and and run terror on the good citizens, sooner or later, there won't be any more good citizens that take it. They'll be moving. Now, where will they move? Hopefully, hopefully, they'll recognize the failure and the corruption in the mafia Marxist Democrats. Hopefully. And they'll run to places that are putting up a fight. I do think the country is separating, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. After all, in a best-case scenario, there's only a third of us that want freedom. The other two-thirds, they want slavery. They just want to be paid well for it. We call them Democrats. Keep your kids away from them and never, ever hire them. They're terrible employees as they're terrible human beings. I'll be back in 22 hours. Believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shoes.